0: Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And and this this is Talking Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations.
1: We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists.
0: Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A
1: few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now
0: have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going.
1: As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with
0: us and even suggest questions for our guests.
1: Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion we're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes as well as just talking about life
0: so yeah come through and you can talk with us you can make some new friends Share your art and share your memes.
1: Go to sleepinglionmusic.com/discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our faces on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website,
0: sleepinglionmusic.com/store. Pro tip patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will
1: get a free shirt now back to the show
0: we recorded this episode with our new friend alexa capelli
1: we first connected with alexa through her manager slash brother but this was the first time we got a chance to chat in person
0: we recorded this a few months after the release of her single say something
1: brimming with immense talent an entrepreneurial spirit and a crazy voice to match alexa capelli is pushing the boundaries with every song she puts out between jokes and talks of philosophy this is one of our favorite episodes so without further ado
2: i'm alexa capelli and this is talking lion Well, hey, hello,
1: Hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. As we've been doing, uh, we had like the oh, turns out we know like a million people. I know. That we all know uh, my favorite thing. <laughs> it's my favorite. I mean, on this show, it winds up the mo- crazy how this works. The more episodes we've done, the more we happen to have mutual friends. Yes. It's almost like the more people you know, the more <laughs> the more people,
3: people you know. <laughs> you know, wow. <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy how that
1: works. I love that. It's like it's like math you know yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> how's your uh, how's your day going so far we're like midday this is this is as midday as you can get
2: yes it's pretty warm out so i mean i I could go for a nap, I feel like, about this time of day. <laughs> but I, maybe that's just because it's a little bit hotter than this week has been. So anyways, that's enough about the weather. I'm good. My day has been great. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: We just small talk? You were just like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah.
2: tangent for a minute t- about t- the
1: tell weather. Me about how you're, how, tell me how you're emotionally doing. Well, the weather <laughs> is really nice, you know?
2: <laughs> no, I'm good. It's been a good day. How about you guys?
0: Yeah, I can use a <laughs> nap. I could probably use a nap. This is around the time of day
1: when I when I want to take a nap. Right. We did something uh, terrible today, which is we recorded a TikTok.
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, I Love it's, TikTok. It's, it scares me. Um, uh, I am. I am. I am old.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like you have to do it now, and so I've been telling myself I enjoy it, even if I don't enjoy it sometimes. Where I feel like I don't really want to make a TikTok right now. I'm like, no, I. I want to like making TikTok, So it's like a mind game of telling there's myself. This,
1: there's something like Faustian and hellish about about somebody like, like dead-eyed going, I like this.
2: <laughs> Me.
1: This is good. This is I good. would much
2: rather just not be on social media sometimes. Like just throw my phone away, but duty calls.
1: I have this weird love-hate relationship with uh, with media.
2: I've never heard that before. Oh, you are you on social media?
1: It's it's. I think it's a college (laughs) humor joke. (laughs) Because I think yeah, on the one side, I I think there's the part of my brain that like just wants like fuck off to a cabin and never talk to anybody like ever again, and there's part of me who does want to know everybody who has ever had a creative thought in their brain. (laughs) Like doesn't matter the medium. Mm -hmm. So I think those two things are always warring, and one of them is just like. How did we devolve as a society into this weird kind of like, put your life in a box and sell it? And then mm-hmm. there's other part of my brain that's just like, what if I put my life in a box and sold it?
3: Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of songs about that now, which is fun because it's like the juxtaposition of hearing a song about not being on my phone, but then I have to listen to the song on my phone. It's right. just funny how things like that happen. And
0: it's getting now. promoted on TikTok. And,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Almost like we have layers and layers of irony to the point where we can't realize what's true anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah. My
1: gosh. Um, but. Everything is designed to sell a Starburst. That's what I... Uh,
2: Elaborate on that. I haven't heard berries that. Berries and cream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's so funny because I don't think I was ever on the original berries and cream TikTok but I was on like the peripheral berries and cream TikTok so like I had like the jokes about berries and cream but never actually saw the original TikTok or whatever it came from I don't even know.
1: I feel like we don't talk enough about ripple trends like yes. the, uh, like the trends that that develop off of trends mm. and sometimes you don't know if you found the original trend or you found the 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 trend on the trend of the trend. Yes. Which I think is a, is a specifically hellish problem.
2: Yeah whenever I Do stumble upon the original video of whatever trend has been going on. I have to check the comments and be like, wow, this this is like a gem. I actually found something organically. It came on my for you page instead of like trying to find, you know, an original video or something.
0: And well, and it's it's so hard to find stuff on TikTok because it's not meant to be like search, it's not meant to be like archived, even though it's all archived sitting on a server somewhere. Like you can't. It's really hard to search by like topics or categories or like, you know, even if you know the creator, every like popular creator on the app is creating every day. So if you they did something four months ago, you have to scroll to find that thing Mm -hmm. that they they did four months ago.
2: Yeah, or unless it randomly pops up on your for you page, because the algorithm is just whack. So then like, sometimes you'll get videos from four months ago. And it's like, this is not even relevant. And then I know some people who's like for you pages are a few months behind. Right? And So like, they're talking about this trend. And I'm like, we're way past that. I'm so sorry.
1: Well, I think scrolling on TikTok is almost like watching like live improv mm. because it's mm-hmm. kind of like obviously when you're watching live improv, there's this sort of transience about it. Like it's not going to be recorded. Like mm-hmm. you're just you're watching whatever happens, and they don't know what's happening, and you don't know what's happening, and it's just sort of on the cuff. But yeah, you know, you you watch a video, and then you're like, yes, and mm. you watch a video, yes, and? Mm. and and then eventually, like you've constructed this 30 minute version of uh, entertainment. For yourself. <laughs> That's a blend of uh current events, trends, good music. It's a yeah. variety show at your at your fingertips that you're just improvising. 30 essentially, minutes. That's impressive.
2: I I've, I've gone for much longer than Bro. 30 minutes, but
1: <laughs> I thought you were about to be like 30 minutes, you DGen. Like, <laughs> no, it's the
2: opposite. i I'll scroll for hours if no one stops me sometimes.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. I play video games, so I feel like I- at least I've already like given my addiction to something. Hmm. You know, like like I like I know that the the argument could be made, like, okay, you know, you could be you could be addicted to video games and you could be addicted to TikTok. Right. But I feel like I've kind of put myself in this place of like I will either play two hours between the, you know, between midnight and two AM of mm-hmm. Overwatch, or I'm gonna scroll on TikTok. And mm. um and that's you know, <laughs> I'm just more disciplined than you fuckers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just built different. I don't know what to tell you. i built
2: different. Yeah, no, social media is weird. I feel like it's, it's so funny for me. Some days I have this really good, like, protected mental state where I'm like, okay, I'm going on social media to, you know, innocently look at people's posts or whatever or comment or support people or post something myself. And then other times it's just out of a habit. I find myself on my phone on Instagram. How did I even get here? I don't even remember why I came on this app. It's just out of habit now. And a lot of times those are the moments where I start comparing or I start like overthinking about maybe I should be doing this. And it's just really interesting. I have to be intentional with the time that I spend on social media. Otherwise my... Brain goes off the deep end sometimes and that's just how it is now, I guess.
0: I feel like at this point watching the TikToks that our you know our friend group sends us is is in and of itself a full-time job.
2: <laughs> mm, keeping up.
0: Keeping up with like, all the content. Mm. I don't know. There's just something about it for I you know, kind of the reasons we're talking about, like I have a hard time. The hard time I have with social media is that I'm not currently in the habit of creating content for it. Got it. Um, and I, I sort of have been in and out in various phases, but I'm not very good. I have never been very good at building the habit. But I, it, it is this deep pit in my soul of like, you piece of shit, you should be a content creator, mm-hmm. like you should be like, like, the only way to do this job is to be a content creator. And I'm doing other things for money that take up my time. And every time I open up social media, there's a little part of my brain that's like, like, you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So when people send me TikToks, even that is like, there's times when I'm just like, I don't want to engage with. The little content. voice in your head. Yeah, I don't want to engage with content because engaging with content will trigger the little voice in my head that makes me hate myself.
1: What uh, he doesn't realize is that that little voice in uh, his head is actually me under the, his bed whispering. <laughs> and all this time, it's been like the telltale heart. Like he doesn't know. Oh <laughs>
2: he, my god! He doesn't
1: know that that yeah. re- really it's been it's been me the whole time.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's just so funny because, like I said before, it's like comparison. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't even you didn't even think about posting something or even have the desire to post something and then you go on social media and all of a sudden you're like i need to post something right i need to post something because they're posting this and they're getting all these likes and comments and that's what i was saying before if i'm not if i'm not intentional with you know my time okay i'm gonna go on social media for this specific thing then i'll just it will it in this pit and then all of a sudden you know again hours have gone by
1: and yeah so social media social media makes you <laughs> i can't stop saying social media <laughs> Social media makes you want shit that you didn't even know that you want that you don't want. Like mm-hmm. I- I'm from New York. Like I think that Times Square is the worst place you could find yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if I was, if I if a if a demon teleported me to what I would consider the worst place I could find myself at like 3 p.m. on a Friday, he would pop me in right in the middle of of uh Times Square. And yet every time I see somebody have that little like Times Square post. On post. On Instagram with their I'm like, on I'm billboard. like, I want it. Yeah, <laughs> right. but I don't. But I, but like, but it looks so great, yeah. uh, you know, on Instagram, you know. <laughs> and then really I'm like, true. and then I'm like, I'm a piece of shit who's never had a Times Square billboard, right? You know, what am I doing wrong? Okay. You right. know?
2: No, it's so true, so true. Yeah, I find myself saving posts, and I'm like, I want to post like this, and it's like something like that, where it's like, well, you got to something else has to happen before that even happens, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. That's enough. That's enough social media for me today. I can't. I can't do anymore.
1: I think as an act of rebellion, we should all go back to just posting the food we eat.
2: Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have a private Instagram for that. All my friends are like, whenever I'm not as active on it, my friends are like, Alexa, where's your food post? Wait, that's and I'm really like, funny. I, I have my,
0: my Finsta has a food column. <laughs> Love it's that. Just every third picture is just what I like something that I'm oh, eating. like,
2: you've created it. So it's like, it's every... three. Col-
0: my Finsta is three columns. That's so good. It's like food memes and life.
1: I Love that. Your your finsta is a uh, uh, Alexa C- cannoli. <laughs> you just shit. post cannolis. Right.
2: <laughs> that my dad would be proud if
1: Alexa I had enough compress, pictures.
2: <laughs> if I had enough pictures of cannolis to actually post and make an account based off of that, that'd be funny.
1: I want a cannoli now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had a cannoli I think for the first time when I was like seven or eight. I haven't had one in a while. Cannolis are bomb.
1: They're great. Yeah. Um, I had uh, one.
3: I've about now.
1: I had <laughs> one two, <laughs> two weeks ago in Little Italy in uh, oh San gosh. Diego. I felt very good about that awesome. that decision and the and the, the choices that led me there. You know. Okay. Your my path led me to the to the perfect. <laughs> I'm
2: very curious about these choices that led you to the to the cannolis cannoli? at Little Italy.
1: Well, it all started in New York, 1996. <laughs> my parents meet on a street corner. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of <laughs> being born, how did your parents meet? No, uh, they actually—it's
2: uh, so funny because you think about like online dating right now and like you know the the culture of swiping, right? I meant right is in the question mark, like right. You know, not what I'm swiping, talking about. Not, right, yeah. not right or left, but yeah. that too. Um, my parents actually met at like a dating place. It wasn't like it is now, obviously, but like you had to like walk in. And you made a video of yourself. And then you had like a page oh, or something oh. in like a book. And you people were like, I don't know. This is about Like I a
3: matchmaker. Know.
2: Yeah. Something like that. Kinda. People didn't
1: realize that Tinder used to just be a big bonfire. Everybody <laughs> would...
2: Oh my gosh. Imagine. That sick.
1: Bumble was a beehive. Everybody <laughs> would
3: just <laughs> circle around.
2: Everyone just shows up. No. Um, and I'm, it's so funny. Whenever they talk about this, my mom went in one day and she saw my dad watching her video <laughs> and she's like, nope, I gotta go. And then she leaves and then he ends up calling her or something like that. Went on a few dates and the rest is history. And now I'm here.
3: Wow. That's so, awesome. That was yeah, a fun story
2: actually. Yeah. I mean, there's more to it. My, my parents are great though. I, I'm really thankful for them and how hard they work. And even to have us, my, my brother and I was a lot. My mom wrote a whole book about like her journey with infertility and all that kind of stuff oh, wow. too. And so, yeah, I'm just really, really proud of them. And I'm grateful for the way that I grew up. Too, well,
1: so. and we, we met you in a lot of ways through your brother as well, who's mm-hmm. in music and entertainment on the on the business side. Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, it's really cool that they I mean, I was asking the question as, as a joke. And I now am, I'm just so happy that we got <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. a real answer. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but were you born? You were born out here.
2: Uh Yeah, I grew up in the Inland Empire, so like up in California. If you're familiar with where that is,
1: wait, the Empire of
2: uh Inland, it's called the Inland Empire. It's like Orange County, LA County.
1: I was like, is that like the it's area? It's like San Bernardino
2: <laughs> County, but it's like a group of cities. People call it the inland, Empire. inland
1: Empire. Inland Empire. Isn't that fun? That is fun. It's
2: kind of empowering. Not gonna lie.
1: I'm still sorry. I'm still caught up on the no, empire part of it. Yeah, right? I don't know.
2: It's just, it, it. I didn't really ever think about it that way until just now, as you the guys sun, are being sun, baffled by it.
1: The sun <laughs> always sets on the Inland Empire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's where I grew up. And then I actually went to high school in Orange County. Okay. And then now I live in LA County. So it's just been all over the place.
1: Where did the music bug come from?
2: My dad actually was, I mean, he still is, but was a musician, more focused in on it, at, at least growing up. And then- When they had me, I could kind of carry it too. My mom noticed she signed me up for voice lessons because she noticed I couldn't do anything sport related. I was always the girl like picking flowers in the outfield, (laughs) like not paying attention at all. Um,
1: What what baseball teams don't realize (laughs) is that if you take a perfect blade of grass, you can cut it in half and then you can... Cut that in half to make quarters (laughs) effectively. I I just think that like, you know, we, we were as kids, like, you know, on our baseball teams, you know, chastised for being in the outfield picking the grass, yes. but what they don't realize is that, that you can take a blade and <laughs> cut it in half and cut it into corners and then cut those into eighths and that and they're, then, that that's so, and it's so that nice.
0: Is, that is actually a better sport than
2: baseball. <laughs> and then you can tie them all together and make little flower crowns or bracelets and Right. Then you can exactly. make a whole business out of it selling them to your friends for a quarter and then all of a sudden you have enough for a popsicle at the end of the day. This, is why, has, the this is why
1: she has more face. streams than us. Right. That,
3: that, <laughs> Yeah, we no, were but-
1: we were dividing up our, our our blades of grass just to sprinkle them in our friends' faces. Yeah. But she was over here making a fucking business.
3: Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my god, we were
1: pranksters. She was a goddamn entrepreneur. This is why she's in an empire, <laughs> and we're in a park.
2: It's so funny. Um, yeah, my friends would, and I would always do that. I mean, even growing up, like on the playground during recess, we'd always like you know those like f- like those typical flowers you see. <laughs> Like you know, like those playground grass flowers. The honeysuckles. I don't know what they're called, but if you saw one, you you would know what it looked like. You would know what they it is. A little,
1: they have little.
2: Fuck. They look like you know on Horton's Who <laughs> on um with the musical, not whatever the movie is. Um, and they have like the the puff
1: dandelions. No,
2: not those. Those two. We made we made a lot of things. The other ones we were, are honeysuckles. You're we very crafty. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to Google it later and make yeah. sure. So then. So I, then. <laughs> I went to I started voice lessons when I was seven. So my mom signed me up. The worship leader at the church that I grew up at was giving voice lessons. They had like a really good arts program at the church. And so I signed up for that, started falling in love with it. I was pretty shy as a kid. My family would argue differently with them. I was kind of feisty and like sassy and everything. But then with other people, I was just kind of quiet and shy. So then um, that really helped me kind of get out of my shell. I did musical theater for a little bit. Or a recovering um, theater kid like uh, us.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What, and uh, then, what shows were you in?
2: Oh, my gosh. My first show was Seussical the Musical, now that nice. I think about it. No, it wasn't. It was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Whoa. I was, a a, too. I was an ensemble member. So I did that one, and then I did Beauty and the Beast. My brother also did musical theater for a little bit. He was LeFou in oh, Beauty nice. and the Beast. He was nice. like guest on Sidekick. And then I did Willy Wonka. I was in Lily Long. I was Veruca. That one was fun.
1: I was Grandpa Joe. Oh
2: my gosh, yes. That's your little love that. dance. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. <laughs> That's really when funny. did you
2: guys or when did you start? Both of you? Both of you? Musical theater? Yeah. Okay, cool. Same. Yeah. How long did you guys do that for?
0: I did it off like starting in middle school. First, okay, the first thing I did was I was the rabbi and fiddler on the roof in the seventh grade. <laughs> okay. Um, and then just did every every play for every year that followed. I, I did Sweeney Todd in 10th grade. Uh and the other one we did, we had the other musicals we did were like really obscure. We did a musical called The Boyfriend that was like from the 50s about the 20s. Um, and then we did a, mus- a, a a northern English musical called Blood Brothers about two brothers who were like separated at birth. Like we did we did weird musicals because our our musical teacher just like, well, it was one, what, what we could get the rights to. And two, right. our musical teacher was just like into weird stuff. Oh, we did Sweeney Todd, and we did. That's great. We did Fiddler, and I'm trying to think what the other mainstream one we did. Oh, we did Grease. That was Eugene oh, okay, in Grease. Cool, cool. That was fun.
2: I love Grease. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. My brother and I would always watch it, like on long road trips. We'd mm. have like the the car TVs in the back, like <laughs> the front seats. We'd always watch Grease, and what what was the other one? I don't know. Continue.
1: So my mom, my mom's actually a theater teacher. Oh my gosh! So sick. okay. At the uh, at the camp I went to, she like was the drama um, counselor, mm-hmm. and then in the high, in, in my high school and, and middle school, she was also like um, helped out with the drama club as well. And at our temple, she also did theater there. So cool. she was like all over the place. Um, and so yeah, like at camp, I was in Willy Wonka as mm-hmm. as Grandpa Joe in Temple. I don't remember. <laughs> I think like I was just there. Maybe I was just an ensemble. Imagine getting cast as an ensemble by your mom. Yeah, that's really funny. Wow. That's, that's that's how you bird. that's that's how that's Dang. how you know that your mom doesn't think you're a good singer. Oh my gosh. It was like a, no, and then 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 in the in the school, um, I was in Thoroughly Modern Millie and I was in Greece as well mm-hmm. as a uh, duty, which is awesome because my crush was Frenchie. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. So we got to do a little song and dance together. <laughs> I my crush was Rizzo in Greece, and there Ooh. was a scene with the
0: dance where she got to push me up against a wall, which was very fun for little little eighth grade Noah. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs>
1: and then I was in um, a chorus line um, in school, cool. so uh, nothing as cool as Sweeney, and and never never a lead, you know. Hmm. Which is, I think, how I've been able to um, not crave validation. As much as my other theater counterparts, mm. um, that's my edge. <laughs> I only crave it uh, as much as a side character <laughs> can crave it.
3: Oh gosh, dang! <laughs> yeah, I, I got
0: I got the lead in every show starting in in eighth grade, pretty much. Just so you've bit, never been happy since. I've <laughs> never been happy since. It was literally it was literally my peak, and, oh no, my, and now oh the gosh. added layer is that one that was like my my pretty much my one successful TikTok was that joke. The, put a finger down if you're a
3: recovering
0: theater kid who never got over that one time in the 10th grade when
1: you got the lead role you were the center of attention but now everything you do is just a constant struggle for validation what was the
2: tiktok you guys made today
1: Oh, we were just doing like a car leak of, of we wrote a spooky song called Casper about uh-huh. friendly ghosting. Heck yeah. So we did like just a, a, a car leak that is totally like our label would hate it. Right. Oh. We don't have a label.
3: One <laughs> 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 of those. Um, Got
1: it. I so badly want to do a car leak video and it's just like this song, like this song has everything. It's about loss. It's about love. It's about religion. It's about people and then it's just like like I just and I can't wait to show you guys and then it goes like
3: ah look at all of the lovely <laughs>
1: people do, do,
3: do, 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 uh-huh.
1: do. just want to leak Eleanor Rigby. We should leak
0: Eleanor Rigby. That's
2: for our next video. <laughs> <Is that> so- <laughs> Imagine the comments being like wow I can't I can't believe you guys wrote this. People would actually buy it yeah, you know we, we, mean? like Gen like, Z now is just like
1: yeah, oh my, my gosh
2: just like rediscovering songs that have- yeah it's just funny. they're
1: like who's Eleanor Rigby? I don't know Google it. <laughs> Google it.
2: So good. What was it? Oh, the what original question we... was music. How did I like, oh, yeah, do the so, music? Okay, yeah, so you were yeah, a musical. Yes. So, so I did musical, musical. theater, <laughs> and then and then I went to the arts high school that I fell in love with songwriting at, and it was really fun. It was a big commitment because the school was an hour from my parents' house, mm. so like we commuted every day. Uh, I was in like a fun, funky little carpool that was nice because my parents didn't have to drive me every day, which was good for them. But yeah, and then my senior year, I was on The Voice, and that was really fun. Um, and then I started releasing music the following year. So it's been a journey. But it's always kind of been there. It just kind of happened, you know?
1: I, uh, my research is shit today. I didn't know you were on The Voice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, uh, so is that how, you, did you meet Jackie on that? Yes, uh,
2: we were roommates on the show.
1: Oh, they were wow. roommates? Yes. We're
3: roommates.
1: <laughs> they were roommates. Yeah. That's they so had like funny. doubled us
2: up with people on the show.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. How was your experience on on that? It was really fun.
2: I definitely learned a lot more about myself than I did about singing or like music or the industry, you know.
1: It's not about the competition, it's about the friends you make along the way. Yeah, you know.
2: Honestly, the people were the best part. I mean, everything else was great too, but I mean the lasting impact was getting to stay connected with people that also went through that with you. And even now, like there's friends that I have that are on current seasons and it's just it's just cool to be able to be a part of a a giant family even if you weren't on the same season as someone or like even if you didn't make it as far it's it's just really cool to have like that similar experience with people
1: That's really lovely though yeah Yeah. Um, it was it
2: was fun I mean I was still in high school it's interesting looking back if I could do things differently I might I might now change some stuff or like change songs that I did or my wardrobe or whatever just because the kind of sound that I had in my senior year of high school wasn't as developed as it is now. And that's just because of time and just experience and getting to work with new people. i had never worked with a producer. I'd never like co-written before. And I'd never done all that stuff, even though well, I co-written in high school, but it was more for projects and it wasn't like for me as much as I would have liked it to be. But yeah, I learned a lot from the show. Anyway. What kind of songs
1: were you doing on the show? Again, um, I should have caught it on my research and no, I did it. No, you're sorry. good. Yeah.
2: It's so funny because I don't talk about it as much anymore, but I did a song called The Music In Me for my-
1: I got the my, music in me. That nope, no, no,
2: it's by the Kiki D band. How does it go? Feel funky, feel good, gonna tell you, It's by the Kiki D band. It's kind of older. My parents were like, this would be a great song for you. I had sung it for a showcase at the high school that I went to and I had already known it. And um, that's kind of like, I was in the classic rock-ish type of genre. And part of me, was like, oh, I really like this kind of music because it's good music. And the other part of me just didn't know what I wanted. And so I I sounded good on these songs. And so I sung them instead of me going, what is the lasting genre or impact that I want to know, How far did you
1: make it along in the show?
2: At top 24.
1: Okay, I'll do it. What was it like at such a young age suddenly having all that attention on you? Uh,
2: It was interesting. I think um, it was interesting because I didn't really acknowledge a lot of it so it just kind of it just kind of happened and i i enjoyed it i enjoyed making friends and like having all oh, people like my voice or so they like the song that i did and it was honestly i think the most surreal part was seeing one of the songs be number one on one of like the apple music charts oh, yeah. i think it yeah. was i sang a song called it hurt so bad by susan tedeschi and it was like number one on the blues charts for like a hot minute. And I was like, that's insane. Like, that's really crazy. But yeah, I I am really grateful. And I still have some fans that watch the show that are still supporting me now and still, you know, DM me and talk to me and are genuinely interested in encouraging me in my career. So it's been overall, it was a really good experience. And I'm just happy to be growing and people come along
1: yeah. that's awesome and then you know of course like community can't be overlooked like Jackie in a lot of ways we know you because of Jackie mm-hmm. um not directly meeting but just the fact that you know Jackie is in our world and and our sort of sphere of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's, I think that I probably first heard you from something she posted or something <laughs> like that, you I know? could not
2: say enough good things about Jackie. She's I mean, she's the best. Yeah. yeah. And also
1: just a crazy, crazy singer. Oh, so know.
2: good. Insane.
1: Stopping the podcast to shout out one of our sponsors, The Truffleist. Noah, you like to cook. I do like to cook. You're actually very good at cooking. I'd say I'm decent. But I think that the thing about cooking that you have taught me is that flavor is everything. Truly. You gotta bring in little flavors that you wouldn't expect. And one of my favorite flavors is the taste of truffles. A great flavor. But We are so lucky to have the Truffless as a sponsor for Talking Lion. Founded by Jimmy Coons and based in Long Island City, Queens, the Truffless creates artfully handcrafted truffle products of the highest quality and flavor.
0: While their truffles are imported from the countrysides of Italy, France, and Spain, they proudly source many of their base ingredients locally from small farms and artisanal producers.
1: They offer a variety of truffle products from truffle oil and truffle butter to truffle salami and honey, to even truffle hot sauce.
0: I love truffle hot sauce.
1: They've also recently launched cheesesteaks by the Truffalist. So keep an eye out for pop-ups in your area. So bring the taste of truffle into your life. You can use the code LIONPOD15 for 15% off your order through October 31st. Now back to the show. But also, I mean, yeah, the other thing, the post-voice world, you know, uh, your music, your original mm. stuff, like yeah. I... I love your music, like we, you. we were rocking out to it like since your brother first, you know, got in touch with us and, and uh, or we got in touch with your brother, I don't remember how <laughs> this came to be. But um, Forbidden specifically, and I, I, I'm not the only one it resonated with, but that song like is is nutso from a writing perspective. Thank like I, I really, really love it.
2: Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was like the first song that got some traction. Thankfully, again to TikTok. I know we talked about TikTok so many times. TikTok, yeah, yeah. But um, so <laughs> <laughs> I I released a small baby EP the year after I was on the show, and it's so funny too because the person I am now is so different than the person I was then. And of course, like I learned a lot, and that's I owe a lot of like the growth to the show, um, but also just like the work that I've done. I'm I'm really proud of how the journey to finding like my sound has been going and is still going. Um, But that was the first song that I was like, wow, like, I think I can do this. Like, I think this is possible for me. And yeah, ever since then, it's just been kind of like a narrowing in on, okay, I like this and I don't like this. The first baby EP that I put out was kind of a free-for-all for me. I did it with a producer that I had a mutual friend with from the church that I grew up at um and he reached out and wanted to work together and we just clicked and we wrote some songs and I loved all of them and it was just really cool to be able to like dabble in each like each song had its own thing and its own kind of inspiration from different people and, and genres and things like that and so it's been cool to kind of narrow in and forbidden I, I love, that. I love that song. It's so awesome when I get to say like, I genuinely love mm-hmm. my songs. I know a lot of artists don't feel that way, but I've, I've done my best to like really... Really feel that way? No, I mean we using. we
1: we spend five years just getting to the point where we can enjoy our shit, mm. you know. So it's a, um, and and it's one thing to make a song that other people find good, and another thing that to make a song that sounds like you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, in a lot of ways, and I love visiting. I'm, we're about to go to the East Coast, and I, mm-hmm. I one of my favorite parts about visiting my family is like I got a beard and long hair and. <laughs> nobody in my family thinks I look good. And they're not, they're they're a little bit vocal oh about it. Gosh. But what I love is that every time I look in the mirror, I look like myself. Mm-hmm. And so like sometimes you're not, what what you identify with is not going to be necessarily congruous with like what somebody's expecting, uh, you know? Yeah. But sometimes they do line up really, really nicely, mm-hmm. as is the case with, uh, with Forbidden. One of the things that when we're writing, we really talk about is about, creating kind of like the game of the song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're going to have a concept, how do you use your real estate from the verse to the pre, to the chorus to make sure that the concept makes sense and is outlined and can be approached from different angles and all that stuff? Because I think that too often we'll hear a song where you can tell they really liked the title or they they had a sort of loose idea for a concept, but that all the building blocks You know, it's not satisfying. Mm. It's like, you know, you name the movie something and they say that line in the movie, but then every narrative arc of the movie doesn't get to what that title Mm. means. And what I really love about Forbidden is that you set up the scenario in Mm -hmm. verse one and, and in the pre, like you set up... This this sort of specific case, you know, the Jesse's girl of mm-hmm. it, you know, you set up the the friend having a crush on somebody. You set all of that up, mm-hmm. you put all the pieces there so that when you get to the chorus, it's not just that you're singing the word forbidden. We understand what is forbidden, why it's forbidden, mm-hmm. the stakes of it. You even say it in the chorus that, like, you would, you know, lose a lose a friend. It, are you worth losing a friend? Like, mm-hmm. and having all of those things. It's just so satisfying, and for anybody who writes and is listening, like if you have a great concept, you have a responsibility Mm. to your verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe make your chorus great, sure, but you know, if your if your concept is strong, your chorus could be one fucking word Mm. that you just sing really, really loud if you've established the context that like, especially if your verses, especially so if your true. concept's good, your verses matter. Yeah. Um, And I, I just wanted to commend you for, for that. It's just really great Thank fucking you. writing. Yeah. Thank
2: you. I really, I really pulled inspiration from Maggie Rogers mm-hmm. and Julia Michaels. I, I love... was about to say, Julia
1: Michaels does that yes. set up shit so well. Oh
2: my gosh. Her song, I miss you with that. I don't know. She, she collaborated with another group of people. Clean bandit. Clean yes, bandit, Clean bandit, bandit, yeah. bandit yes. And it's just like, the verse is so wordy and so specific. And then the chorus is literally just, I miss you. Oh, I miss you. Like, and yeah, you and could it's not like, pull
0: that off without, without, no, a really you good could verse. not.
2: So I always, I always think back to that when I'm writing verses now. I'm like, okay, how would I? Because people love this, like being specific. People love that. And it's so much, it is so interesting how people can relate more to a specific thing that seems unrelatable than to something that's very vague, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Well, and I think people oftentimes feel very intimidated by the fact that, like, They're like, oh, you know, maybe that concept, you know, is too, is too vague, but you can have a used concept that you twist in eight different directions. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I'm just going to write vague because I don't want to get too specific, but you're putting so much money on the, like you're, you're leaving so much money on the table, not exploring all the sort of avenues and angles that you can get out of having... You know this specific context that we've all, of course, been in. You know yeah. the irony of specificity is that like we're all the same monkey. Hmm. You know we've all done the same shit. <laughs> like we've all liked somebody who our friends have also liked mm-hmm. and and have you know for better or worse like called dibs. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Was um, forbidden. That was kind of that was kind of the case. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, I-
1: and, and it's it what's funny too is that it's a, it's a concept that like you know you think like guys do that a lot, but of course, like everybody does it, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not, it's, it's not about objectifying. It's not about ownership. It's about feelings Mm -hmm. and not hurting people's feelings, you know, the bro code, the whatever, you know, I've experienced it in my high school friend Mm -hmm. group, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've been on either side of it, you know, it's universal and yet you can create the specific stakes, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not looking at our TV shows like, oh, those stakes are too specific. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, TV shows, of course, have the real estate for it, but they create a scenario in which you care so that there's a payoff emotionally. One of my favorite things that have, has come out in the last, like, you know, couple of years is the haunting of Hill House. Have I been in a haunted <laughs> uh, house with my <laughs> five other siblings? No. <laughs> but it's about grief. Uh, and we've all experienced grief. It's about right. grief and family. Family trauma, feel. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, even with, Like referencing that, again, that song by Julian Michaels, like I've, I never, I never broke up with someone who was in Cabo hanging with their brother, wishing that I was their bottle. So, you know what I mean? Like I've never been in that situation, but I know how that feels. And like, that's what makes me love the song and, and relate to the song, even though I've, I actually don't relate to the song at all. I
1: think that, that so often, like when we're writing stuff, we forget that like the job of entertainment is to create stakes that people don't know. Mm-hmm. We introduce them yeah, to our stakes. So good. Like we bring them into our world. We don't need to appeal to to them by writing June Moon Spoon shit that is vague enough to like imprint yourself onto.
2: I loved what you said about like leaving money on the table by not being by not being specific because I think that's the the beauty of being a creative at all is it's a journey. And I mean at one point maybe I wasn't willing to take some of that and run with it. I probably was a little bit more vague when I was beginning to songwrite, but now it's like understanding what I resonate with and understanding like, no, it's it's actually okay to be vulnerable. Like you're allowed to do that. And if someone doesn't relate, then they don't relate. And that's okay. I think a lot of it for me growing up, I i don't know if it's, I mean, I think, I think all of us can relate to this, but especially as a woman too, like the idea of people pleasing. I don't want to be too much of this. I don't want to be too much of that. Or I don't want to share too much. I want to be mysterious or I want to be this. And it's like, actually, I'm just going to be myself and I'm not going to worry about it because someone, at least one person could relate to this in a certain way. But if not, then I do. And that has to be enough a lot of the time because otherwise I won't I won't write. You know what I mean?
1: Completely, completely. And and when I say like leaving money on the table, I don't even necessarily mean real money. Like I, I think that and i mean sometimes it is real money because uh if you're writing a generic if you're writing a generic song versus a specific song you could potentially just not have it be a good song cuz mm-hmm. it is so generic so you are leaving money on the table in that sense but i also mean leaving money on the table emotionally mm-hmm. like you're leaving you're if you want the pot if you want the money on the table what that means isn't being rich it doesn't mean being famous it Mm -hmm. means having money on your terms it means being famous on your terms it means getting the success not just for the sake of having it but but in the way you want it so that you're not successful for the being the alexa that fans of the voice wanted or Or men want it, or you think somebody else wants, but getting success as mm-hmm. you, and and that's the money I'm talking about that you're leaving yeah. on the table is by not being authentic to yourself right. because you you don't think that you can create and introduce people to your own stakes mm-hmm. and invite them into your world, you know.
2: Mm. So good, yeah. And then it goes back to how you, how, what did you say? Like we're all one monkey or something. We're all like the that. same monkey. We're yeah, all just the same like, monkey. Yeah, we, yeah. And I think trusting in that too is. Is really good, but then yeah, being it, it doesn't matter. I, I I could write a song that everyone could relate to, but if I don't relate to it, then what am I doing it for? You know, and I mean, yeah, I could say I'm doing it for for other people, so they can they can connect. But if I'm not if I'm not actually showing up as myself, then I'm I'm losing something because I can't actually connect with these people on the same level.
1: And I think that we forget that we're also classics. Mm-hmm. Like I think that we forget that like the the rules of of classics also apply. Like. Do we relate to hallelujah, you know? Mm. Like of of course we do. Mm. But does it make any fucking sense when you're first <laughs> when you were when you're first introduced to it, you know, David and the chords and like I'm not that really I'm not that religious or mm. and then by the time you get to like baby I've been here before or you know all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who I drew you, then like then it was all worth it. You know, mm. he created the world that you step into. Does Eleanor Rigby Like, is that, are those relatable lyrics that we've all experienced? I've never met Eleanor Rigby who puts (laughs) her face in the jar by the door. But uh, I mean, who is it for? But, But we all felt it. We all feel these songs. And I think that we forget that they create the context I heard um, Where's My Mind in the cafe this morning. Mm. And I'm just like a song like Where's My Mind. What's the, the <laughs> I don't fucking know.
2: So relatable. <laughs>
1: and, and yet we're screaming that song. Which, what I love about that.
0: all three of those examples too is that it's the thing we were just talking about where the verses are hyper specific, but then there's a chorus that's yes. just, that is something that you can latch onto. Like, yeah. where is my mind? Hallelujah look at all the look at all people, the people I, you know.
1: yeah and so that that's the thing that I'm like playing at is like they create the they create the world we live in it's not the songwriter's responsibility to make that world palatable uh, it's the listener's responsibility to to want to venture into that yeah. world and we have to trust that they want to right. and i think that i think they always want to mm-hmm. i think we watch tv shows because we want to we want to understand squid game and understand queen's (laughs) gambit and like whatever like we want to we want to be lost in something that isn't ourselves right the irony is that we listen to things and we watch things because we want to escape from ourselves Mm -hmm. and yet we feel like the content that we're supposed to have is relatable it's Mm -hmm. this weird double-sided thing you know
2: yeah Mm -hmm. a friend showed me a song today by taylor swift that i hadn't heard yet and i was listening and as i was listening you know I feel like a lot of times we're, we're looking for and we're listening for what we want to hear, mm. what we want to see. And so I'll take a piece of advice that maybe someone gave me and it will mean something completely different to me than somebody else. But this song, for example, it was, you know, she applied it to her love life and I was listening and I was like, okay, I want to have her ears because I want to listen to what she's feeling. Um, but in the, at the same time, if I were to listen to it on my own in the car or something, I would pull something completely different from it and be like, actually, it's about this. Because for me, it's about this. And for her, it's about something else. And I think that's really special too. And maybe a song, like with Forbidden, for example, people have come up to me and told me like, oh my gosh, yeah, like this song was about uh, a guy that my friend liked and I didn't want to lose her. But then someone else was like, this was about a fr- a guy that my friend liked and I didn't want to lose him. And it, so it's it's interesting because mm. I no one knows who, who which yeah, one's the you, friend. You just you know present I mean? the question. Exactly. Yeah. And so it, it's just cool. And I've had... Other songs where there's like a line where it could go either way, but I think that's up to the listener to decide what they, they hear in it.
1: I think th- obviously the, the takeaway being the obvious, like be true to yourself, but I think that, that the more that you can talk about it, this is the math of being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. This is the the logic behind the statement. Here are all these reasons why it doesn't make sense not to, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the money so on the table, you know? Um yeah. Do you have a lyric, speaking of, uh, from Forbidden that unlocks the song for you?
2: I think it was the first the first line, You Were the Life of the Party. I really liked that. I actually kind of stole a chord progression from a song that I really liked at the time and sped it up and, you know, moved it around and stuff. Um, hey, still like an artist. Yeah, but like, it, it was cool because I, I wanted to learn that song. And then I was like, actually, I think hmm. I'm going to use these chords. And it was so simple. But sometimes, well, for me writing, sometimes I have a melody and then i'll have lyrics and a concept or other times i'll start with chords and go the opposite direction but this one it was the first line you were the life of the party everybody wanted a piece of you you were the life of the party everybody wanted a piece of you and then it was the bridge maybe i want you cuz i just can't have you that part maybe i want you cuz i just can't have you maybe i want you cuz i just- because growing up my mom always tell me there's a thrill involved when you want something that you can't have you know it's like when you see a do not touch sign as a kid you are now suddenly tempted to touch mm-hmm. it and so it's just like oh I didn't know I had that option you know what I mean mm-hmm. I, I didn't even want to touch it now now I do and so it's just yeah that that line was probably my favorite
1: almost like the entire philosophy behind social Oh, my
2: God. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, full circle. Yeah. We're back.
1: It's like a Times Square billboard, if you will.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about you guys? When did you guys start songwriting? What was that like for you?
1: Is she allowed to ask questions? This is is, against the rules. I'm so so curious, though. (laughs) When did we start writing songs? Okay. Together or separately? Sure, both. Okay, well.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm breaking the
1: rules. (laughs) (laughs) Leave. (laughs) Not allowed. (laughs) Um, Okay, Bye. Well, so my dad was very musical and I grew up with like classic rock and whatnot, but I didn't entirely understand the kind of concept of songwriting. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of just thought that like songs were always there. Um, And I I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like my grandmother played classical piano and um, I went to Temple. I'm Jewish. And... Uh, then my dad would play classic rock and my mom would, you know, listen to Broadway. And all of these things, you don't fully get the sense that the person, other than maybe classic rock, you don't get the sense that the person who's singing it made it. Mm. Like if you think about prayers or if you think about like Broadway shows, like, you know, the people, or even classical music, nobody who's playing it was the one who wrote it because it is, you know, that's the, the the nature of it, you know? It's these things that were passed down. So I thought that all music was kind of like passed down for a long time, which I know is kind of a crazy mm-hmm. way of thinking about it, but that, that was true for me. Like, I just didn't understand the concept of people like writing stuff. And then when I was in fifth grade, I was asked to join like, you know, a band. And I started getting really discouraged because they loved the Red Hot Chili Peppers and they loved all these, um, and Three Days Grace. and And they loved all these like, you know kind of rock or punk bands but none of them had keyboard players and i felt like i was days away from getting kicked from this band that was like my life like i loved being in a band like Mm. i felt so validated so i kind of realized like okay well if i can write the songs
3: Mm.
1: there would be piano in it and i could be the keyboardist in this band (laughs) And so uh-huh. I started writing. So I started writing songs, uh-huh. and I, I started writing songs. Like I would actually like I took "Sugar We're Going Down" and then like counted the syllables and then replaced each word with the oh right my syllables. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but then eventually, just kind of like got into a flow of just like write, like l- kind of learning how to write. And my crush at the time wound up joining the band. Um, she was, a, a, she still is an amazing singer. Uh, So then I got that experience of writing songs for, because I couldn't sing when I was younger, so writing songs for somebody who could Mm -hmm. sing. And that kind of started the writing journey. From there, I would just write folk songs and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I became a a teenager and an adult in that process, you know, but, um, and then we met at school. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when we started Sleeping Lion, uh, I was writing a lot of songs at the time about I was going through like my first major breakup Mm. and- Big ouchie. Yeah. And and my parents were getting divorced around the same time. double ouchie. And like, so I wrote a lot at the time about like how the sort of two were related Mm. as far as like what, about the ways that we think about relationships and growing up and all that stuff. So that wound up being like the the songwriting component to our first record that we did together.
2: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing.
1: Well, thank you for asking, even okay. though you yeah, no, broke great, the rules. I'm so sorry.
2: It's a
0: great question. And yeah, I've, you know, I similarly, I've been playing music more or less my entire life. I started playing piano when I was six and I, it was, but I don't think I started writing until I picked up the guitar. My dad taught me a few chords when I was like eight, maybe. Uh, and one, one uh, summer I was, I was back home in Tennessee and I wrote. I wrote a song. I think I'm pretty sure the first song I ever wrote was about be- being really stressed to go to middle school. <laughs> like it was my first day in middle school. Yeah. And I wrote a song about like being nervous and, like, <laughs> and I wrote it out on a piece of paper, like with the guitar chords above it. Like, I don't know if that paper exists anywhere, but I'm pretty sure that's the first <laughs> song I ever wrote. And okay. then so in a sense, it was kind of always there. But my first real experience with like writing music was with my first band when I was around 14. Uh, And the thing that I think back on, I think the thing I think is interesting about it is it was like we came up with this whole concept for a band and we came up with with a whole concept record uh, before we like even made any music. Like we were just three friends and we were hanging out one day and we're like, we should like, like, what if we told this story about pirates and and uh, and betrayal and forgiveness? And we came up with this entire like like novella kind of story. That's incredible. And then we wrote an album that told that story in like 13 songs. And that was like the first thing I ever produced. It was like, you know, I downloaded Garage wow. Band. I started like I got my first electric guitar and like started working on this music. And and that was that was really the thing that gave me the bug to like do music. And I, I think the thing that I like about that now, at now that I'm like, you know, this was like 10 years ago now and and I have a lot of more perspective and I do this for a living now is that that the impetus for it was like telling a story. And mm. that's the thing that, that I like sort of coming back to. So good. And and I sort of fell in love with capital S songwriting in college. Because I didn't really think of it as songwriting before like when I was like, I was just making music with my friends and telling these stories. And it was it was kind of in good fun and sort of comedic, but I didn't really think about the craft, of what it means to write a good song uh, until I got to college and learned that pop music wasn't stupid, that it was actually really, really cool. Mm. Uh, and uh, that's how I sort of got involved in like the songwriting uh, community at Berkeley then ever since then I've just like really wanted to be a good songwriter and it the last few years just like I feel like with every passing year I, I deepen the relationship with like what it means to like write write a really good song and, and now it's just like something that I'm very conscious of and spend a lot of time thinking about yeah
2: want to get really isn't good it at. funny how pop music isn't cool until until, until you're not around people that think it's not cool and all yeah. of a sudden it's cool It's like that's the how I felt going through high school I really liked Andy Grammer and like Ben Rector and Kelly Clarkson. I mean, even in, so like good. even in like middle school, like those were the people that I listened to. But none of my friends in high school, they were always like Rush and like different. I don't know, just bands I never really. Well,
1: my, my friends love dubstep. Them, my friends but, loved like dubstep yeah. and like mm-hmm. the, the irony is that that wound up being a mainstream. They they love like house and dubstep and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember like when I first like really fell in love with pop music. I like sat him down and explained like the complexity of "Closer" by the Chainsmokers. Oh my god! Like how it's like a perfect fucking song. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: That's so awesome. Yeah, I I grew up listening to my dad's classic rock as well, and then my mom really liked country. And it's so funny now because when I when I songwrite, I still have little innuendos like that with forbidden I, people have come up to me like it's a great country pop song and I'm like yeah, it's a pop song yeah, <laughs> but, right. but I mean I can see it if maybe if the way that I sung it sounded well, that there way is a little all.
1: bit of a country to it but I think that it's like I mean we don't adhere to any genre rules ever like it's just part of the soup right of it you know <laughs> good soup <laughs> I'm good soup <laughs> sorry I'm uh I'm over here having like a, a little existential panic because you no know, it's like I got into songwriting to tell a story and I'm still trying to tell that story. And I'm like, I got into songwriting so I could be included and not get kicked out of the room and I'm still writing to be included (laughs) and not get kicked out of the room. I'm like freaking, I'm like going to (laughs) cry.
0: Pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor, New Wave.
1: No, I have been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a, as a Roman, same. As a New Yorker, absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee, fully caffeinated. And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh man, that's true too. I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart just beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With l theanine and raw cacao, flow state coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee. And now
0: through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own. If you go
1: to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O, wave.co, you can use the code brewinglion for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state. Now back to the show.
2: That's so interesting why did i start writing the first song that i ever wrote now now i gotta think about it maybe i'll have one too right right um do you remember the the name of the first song song? you ever wrote well it was oh
1: my god because because
3: mine was was called uh,
2: (laughs) it was for a reflections project nice you know like the 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 school thing you know did you ever have that no (laughs) it was like um it was like a project and if you they had like a theme every year and so you could do something for it. And then if it was good enough, it would go to like the state level or like the, the national level or whatever.
1: No, grew up in and, Europe.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, anyways, so I wrote a song for it and the theme was like helping the world or something, you know, it was a time of like Disney channels, let's save the planet and all right. that kind of stuff. Um, and so I wrote a song called change the world and, um, I think I even made a little, a little music video for it. My dad was all into cameras and still is and all that stuff. But it was like, change the world, ch- ch- change the world. And it's so funny. Get on your knees. It's time to plant some trees. It nice. was I was in fifth wow. grade. It Very was something good. like that. Um, But then the vocal teacher that I had growing up, she was like, oh, it was through my church. And so she was like, oh, write a song based on Psalm 100. And then I didn't really fully think about how songs were created. I kind of just thought they existed. I didn't really think much about it until high school. um, I took a songwriting class and just like fell in love with storytelling and the idea of it. And so it's kind of funny. I think maybe there's a part of me that maybe songwrites still because...
1: You wanna change the world? I should. Well, I mean, (laughs) that
2: too, I mean, why not? Might as well, two birds, one stone. You you
1: just remember me, uh, not for the first song I ever wrote, but I I did make a music video when I was like a a freshman and some folks found it and like mercilessly bullied me for it to the point where I I deleted it. I didn't didn't like hide it on YouTube, I fucking deleted it. (laughs) Damn.
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh. In
1: their defense. (laughs) Like the,
2: <laughs> I'm ready to hear this. In their
1: defense, like it was a lot of like me with a candle reading Catcher in the Rye, like and like kind of just like sulking like in the hallway outside of my bedroom, like th- and then there was like a stop motion midway through like in the instrumental section of the song there was like a stop motion of a of a candle melting down, and to be fair, oh, I would have no. bullied that kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no. No, that sounds so creative, and I wouldn't have thought of that. That's awesome. Oh, there was something that you said that I wanted to... You
1: you wouldn't have thought of that because there was nothing to think of. (laughs) There wasn't a thought in that. (laughs) It was vibes.
2: You had to think, you had to go, go, oh, you know what's going to be really good? If I get a candle, (laughs) and I do a stop motion of, of this candle as it's burning. You had to think that. Isn't that so funny how, like, everything... That's something that has I really think every
1: inspired kid, me. I'm so glad every kid had GarageBand. <laughs> uh no kid should have iMovie. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's true. iMovie you should be 18 Dangerous. years or
1: older to ride this ride. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Something that really has inspired me as a creative is the fact and the idea even that everything at one time was an idea. Like hmm. someone had to invent this table and someone had to think about this mic stand thing and someone had to invent this chair and it's just kind of cool to think about how oh no the possibilities are endless like you could create anything and that has kind of like taken the cap off of my creative abilities because now I'm able to like think bigger and dream bigger and even as far as like goals like have bigger goals because I was listening to a podcast or something a while ago and maybe it was for like a church service or something um and the pastor the guy just said Um, it's your job to believe and it's God's job to provide the result. So like I could believe for the biggest thing ever and I'm going to be content whether it happens or not, but it's so cool because I don't have to worry about, like I don't have to worry about what the result is. I can just dream big and like put in the work to maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but it's just kind of cool to be able to think creatively and out of the box and not be so narrow-minded about things.
1: Well, and you say, you know, this table was an idea and these mics were an idea um you know I take i I, I think of it sometimes even further that like we all were ideas at one mm-hmm. point you know mm-hmm. that our our parents by virtue of being parents h- had given some thought hopefully to being parents you know and imagine what that experience would be like this podcast I found I found a, a journal from uh 20. 15 that said, uh, hypothetical sleeping lion podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, and then like it had Jackie Foster on it Mm -hmm. and it had, you know, it had uh, some of our friends on it and whatnot. And, and now we're here doing this podcast, like even the things that aren't tangible started uh, as ideas and, you know, these outcomes that we have, like the, of the meeting people, you know, like they're all ideas, and yeah, I don't know. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm not. I'm not. I don't believe in much, but I do believe in like a lot of chaos, you know, mm-hmm. and about how we kind of make sense of variance, you know.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I think there's also power in writing things down.
1: Yeah. Too, mm-hmm. because
2: it takes it from an idea to a vision, and it's like, oh, like I can see this. I can see this happening, and the the ability to actually say that you can see it with your eyes closed, maybe, is just cool because now you can. You can dream for things and hope for things and hope maybe not a, isn't a strategy, but it is a driving factor of like, oh, not only can I believe for this and dream for this and have vision for it, but I hope for it. And that changes mm-hmm. your mentality so much because it's, it's become, it becomes a positive thing well, a journey.
1: Cause hope isn't a strategy, but hope is a filter. Yeah. And you need filters mm-hmm. to, to make sense of the noise. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that, Yeah. You know, hope isn't like a plan, but it does help you focus on what opportunities are worth taking, what aren't. And ultimately that's what drives you. You know, what we're doing is driving into the sun and like everything that we, everything that we hope and want are, are the roadmaps and the sunglasses and the filters that make all of that intensity uh, usable you know, and, and, and have some direction to it. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I love that.
2: Thank you guys both for sharing. Oh, of course. About, I know, sorry, oh, I yeah, yeah. Us, no,
1: you've, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, you're awesome. not allowed to hear ever again, but that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang
2: it. Do so I get to be on the wall still?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> <So
2: all right. laughs> cool.
1: No, you've you forfeited all rights. <laughs> to, to, uh, it. Yeah, any, any more of our, oh our resources. <laughs> um,
2: there was something else that you said that I really liked. You, was talking, you were talking about how songs are created. And you mentioned like they're passed down or something or like songs or prayers or whatever. I mean, um, they were always there in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were, they were always there, but it's cool because I mean, even as far as like prayers go, I'm a Christian, I'm I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. And so like looking at, okay, what does this say about like, like this prayer in the church or whatever, I can take it and I can go actually, well, like I want to pray for this too. And this too. And I can, make it my own and it becomes a relationship and it, and it becomes mine in a way, which is so similar with songwriting too. Like for example, with Forbidden, taking that core progression from a different song and going, I want to do this with it and change it to this and add this to it. And all of a sudden it becomes a completely different song and a whole different experience. And that's so special to be able to get inspiration from other people. I was telling someone a while ago, the difference between inspiration and comparison Inspiration is based off of. Wow, I love this for them, and I and I would love to see that for me. Versus, um, I don't want that for them, and it's not going to happen for me. Mm. Like it's just so Whoa. interesting how like it's such a fine line too. Well, I've never
1: heard it put so clean. I love that. really because that's really you
2: could like you could comparison a lot of times has to do with wanting control. Like mm. I could, I could, I could be happy for them in this, and at the same time, like. Be jealous, but I don't want to. I don't want to be jealous. I want to encourage other people because if they win, I win. And someday, if that does happen for me, if something, whatever happens for me, I'm gonna want people in my corner. You know what I mean? We shouldn't ever have to go through things alone. And I, I think there's something really special about making sure that that is a very clear boundary. Like, no, I am inspired by this person, and that is positive versus. Like, dang, like if only, if only I could have what they have, or mm. if only I could be where they're at. So much worse for my mental health. Yeah. I mean, it's just how you, you know? stay in this. It's yeah. like
1: it's how you it's how you have the mental to stay in this. Yeah. I I wanna talk about one more of your song real quick. Because yeah. say something is awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, again, you set up the stakes.
2: Thank
3: you. There
1: are the stakes and then the chorus rocks.
3: Brave on the You're cool but I do if you me. you say something, taken up on my energy, wishing you would make a move on me. You're cool but I don't want to overthink if you wanted me. You'd say something.
1: Tell me about writing that song and and if there's like a line that stands out to you in that song as well. Um cuz that's a jam and a bob.
2: Thank you. Well, funny story. If anyone has ever gone to one of my shows, I always tell this story. Um, but a song that I'd released previously in January of this year, so 2021, <laughs> it was about a guy that I had a big face crush on. I didn't really know much about him, but I thought he was cute. Thought I thought he was funny. face crush. I've yeah. never heard that before. Um, yeah. And I, I had probably all of four conversations with the guy, but he was at a, a group... Thing with like some friends one night and he was like being kind of flirty and I couldn't tell if it was like directed at me or if it was just his personality again because I did not know him very well, if at all.
1: He was just um, a nice face. <laughs> yeah, you know, and
2: he was just, he was just funny and, and cute. And so I, I anyways, I went home because I didn't want to overthink about it, which I did anyways. And I like started writing a song um, and then posted it on my Instagram story, you know, because duh, he would get the hint somehow, right? because I posted on my Instagram story. A lot of people do that. (laughs) But I was like, okay, maybe he'll respond. Maybe he won't. He ended up like DMing me. He was like, oh, you should finish this song. And I was like, there's no way he meant that in the way that I wanted him to mean that. So I just kind of brushed it off. And then long story short, I finished it. I'm about to put it out. I have a release party over Zoom. And there's one person in the chat who has a fake name and um, their camera's off and they use the name Michael Scarn from the office. Yeah. As a joke. And I was like, okay, like people don't want to have their information on the internet. That's fine. I get it. But they wanted to be a part of it. Sure. At the end of the Zoom, someone asked me about lyrics and how I came up with this song. And I was like, this is a safe space. So then no. I just kind of like spilled the beans a little bit. I didn't say his name, but if anyone had known him in the group, they would have known it was him. Um And I called him a player and all these things. No. Um, and then, <laughs> I know I'm regretting it, but I put the song out and then five minutes after the Zoom ended, I get a text from this man and he's like, maybe he wasn't so much of a player as he just didn't know what was going on. No.
3: Dash Michael
2: Skarn. And I was like, you've got to be kidding no. me. No. And the thing that sucks is the end of the song goes, the truth is I'm spinning, but you'd never know. And now he knows, so I'm a liar. Oh and I just I always no. have to give that off my chest wow. whenever I tell people. Anyway, so the very next day I had a session with um, someone I hadn't written before. His name is Gavin. And we were both talking about like that similar situation we were going through. And we're both introverts. And so it's just funny because I think anyone should be able to make the first move. But a lot of time my fear of rejection takes over. And so there's that part of me. But then there's also the part of me that knows that I'm worth speaking up for. I'm worthy of that. And so like, he should just he should just do it, you know? Um. So then we started writing this song about like I don't want to overthink about whether or not you like me. Just tell me. Just tell me if you like me. I'm not gonna tell you, but you you tell me. Right. So yeah, and then I finished it with the guy who produced it. His name's Aaron. He's produced a lot of my stuff. And yeah, and there's his history. That's very <laughs>
1: fun. That's wild. Also, what a what what a move. <laughs> that takes some gall. Like
2: I, was, I I was trying to play him a little bit, and I was like, "Well, what are you talking about? What?" And he was like. In the Zoom, you in the Zoom, and I was like, "I think you're on to me." And I was like, "He's like, yeah, no." <laughs> I was like, "You, it's obvious." And I was like, "Dang so it!" So <laughs> was he?
1: Did you did you blow it? Like, or did uh, I, I is
2: think, this a meat cute
3: story I think that we're I, hearing?
2: I think I said something. I don't remember. I deleted the conversation, but <laughs> I think I said something like, "Well, nothing would have happened anyways." And he was like, "I guess we'll never know." And I was like, "You've got to be kidding!" Thanks. And then I wrote another song about it. Oh my so. god!
1: You should just like like dump on him on this podcast episode too. Just really add to <laughs> yeah. fuel the oh fire. This yeah, guy's I'm, this guy's stalking your life, and he's just like she can't say a nice <laughs> fucking thing. I, don't I know thought she loved me.
2: Oh my gosh, I, I thought very highly of him, and I, I still do. I don't I don't have anything bad to say about him. Um,
1: but... other, than, other than he's a player, <laughs> he's just a well, face.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, um, it's just it's just funny because I think a lot of times I. Will write songs from my imagination. And I, it's, some, it's sometimes easier for me to write a song about someone I don't know than it is for me to write about someone I do know because my imagination can kind of like fill in the blanks of what I want to be true about them based off of what I don't even know about them at all. And so, like, a lot of my most recent songs have been about that idea of, like, okay, I don't know you at all, but uh, here's what I think I know about you. And that's what that song was about, the one that I released in January. But then more recently too, I've been writing about like the idea of, I actually don't know what I want. Maybe I want this, maybe I want this. Actually just kidding, I don't want any of it. And I'm indecisive in general as a human. And when it comes to relationships, that comes out a lot. So anyways, that's my spiel.
0: pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show.
1: If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking to subscribe. Now back to the show. Alexa, are you ready for the question round? The question round. The question round.
2: Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay, I think so.
1: The first step is the random question. What's the most beautiful place you've ever seen?
2: My family would always go on camping trips when I was growing up. And so I've seen a lot of like places. I really think Colorado is beautiful. Yeah. But the thing is with these kind of questions is I always end up giving you like 40 answers. That's and fine. Yeah, I think I think Utah, So number 1,
1: Colorado. I number think, 2. I think
2: Colorado is beautiful. I have Utah. some family there. I just like Where in Colorado? I have some that lives in Evergreen, Colorado, and then some that lives in Denver. Also, Utah, we went on a few trips as a family to like Zion National Park, which is awesome. And my last one, I'll say- Yosemite.
3: Number 40.
2: Yosemite, I think Yosemite is beautiful. But also I love the beach, I'm I'm easy to please, I feel like in that way, so. Those are my 40 answers.
0: How about you, Noah? Yeah, I was like, what's the most beautiful place I've ever seen, that's so hard. Yeah,
1: motherfucker has, like, been all over Europe, like. <laughs> yeah, I
2: haven't been out of the country, so you're going to beat me there.
1: He's seen, he's seen desktop wallpapers <laughs> with oh his my own gosh. eyes.
2: That's incredible. I love that for you.
1: I
0: mean, I have this infatuation with Venice. Mm. I think there's, I think there's just something.
1: That's, that's a good answer. Yeah, that's a fair, <laughs> yeah. that's a fair answer. that's a great answer. answer no? <laughs> I want to go to yeah. Italy so bad. Venice is beautiful.
0: I feel like, I, yeah, I, Venice is is beautiful. I think, I think it's. It, I mean, it's, superlatives are tough. It's like, what's the most beautiful place? Like, I don't want to, I'm trying to, I'm not leaving anyone out, am I? No, but I think if I had to pick, I'd probably pick Venice.
1: Yeah, Rome won't let you back. <laughs> yeah. No, Rome is ugly. That's fair. Rome is ugly and dirty. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it, mine popped into my head immediately, so I don't know what that says about any of this. <laughs> but when I was 17, I went on a 21-day camping trip in Squamish, B.C., Hmm. in Canada. So my tent was at the base of the Stoamist Chief and it was just this beautiful like granite like ledge and uh, I went hiking one you know, like pretty much up one of, I think there are three peaks and I, I hiked to the top of one of the peaks and I slept at the top in a sleeping bag. Oh my goodness. Um, With just some like strangers I met around the campsite and when I woke up the view was was breathtaking. There's this lake near there that is like a shade of like turquoise I I'd never seen and haven't seen since. And like the sun was just sort of peeking through the clouds mm-hmm. and it was just it was just beautiful. I I think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it was just really and I think I think the sort of blend of like the earned view is the reason why it sort of stood out yeah. for me of just like
2: that's so true.
1: Having to kind of wake up into it, but right. yeah, that's probably that's probably my spot.
2: That's awesome. All right, I love that.
0: Next question. All right, next question. Uh, what is your phone background?
2: The, it's it's a it's a graphic of the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control.
1: I I don't know. I've never heard of the fruit of the spirit. It's that's... it's in the Bible. It's it's in Galatians. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: It's just. It's just... Um,
1: we only get half of it. <laughs> we only get half the Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs>
2: yeah. They yeah. chopped
1: off the ending for us for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: I, just, I just like it because regardless of... I think even regardless of religion too, like I want to strive for those things. I yeah. want the things that I do in my life to, to yield that kind of fruit. If mm-hmm. it's love, it's joy, if it's patience, it's self-control, peace, those kind of things.
0: Next question. Do you have a non-musical hobby?
2: A non-musical hobby... Oh gosh. Whenever people ask me, like, what do you do in your free time? I'm like, uh, write songs. Right. <laughs> um, I always want people to answer this kind of question for me, because a lot of times I'm just going about my day and I don't really think about it. I like rollerblading, but That's I'm fun. not I'm not good at it, but I like it.
0: That's the definition of a hobby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll I don't know, I like cooking sometimes. I'm not much of a baker, but I'm I like I like cooking I like making food for my friends and stuff like that I'm vegan too so that's always fun I can be like oh you can try this it helps you can
1: make it too like yeah
2: it's kind of hard I live in a um a fifth wheel a trailer that I renovated over quarantine um so it's kind of hard to cook in my little tiny oven but it's fun still when it when it happens that way very
1: fun All right. Probably the most important question will be asked on any podcast you'll ever be on, ever. I'm scared. All right. Would you be a pirate?
2: Uh. (laughs) What? Would I be a pirate? Yes. For what?
1: For Halloween. For Halloween? Sure. No. (laughs) (laughs) In pirate times.
2: In pirate times? What's what's the alternative of being a Of not being like, what's that? No
1: one's she's, ever asked. she's asking all the questions. If I You're wasn't, not allowed.
2: Hypotheticals are not my Forbidden. favorite. Forbidden. Ever. Forbidden. <laughs> it's the fingers. <laughs> um, hypotheticals are hard for me. Um, but if I wasn't a pirate, what would I be? Could I be a mermaid or something?
3: Huh. Shit. Yeah, I guess.
2: <laughs> I choose that.
3: What
0: does that
1: philosophically <laughs> say
0: about her? I think she just destroyed the question. Man. That's. <laughs> i i, I honestly, pack it up <laughs> i don't even want to I be a mermaid shows over <laughs> um
2: could, would you be a pirate i would be a mermaid, I would be a
0: mermaid. <laughs> that's yeah that's that, that's why was, you know in in you know me ra- you know jokingly railing against team pirate the, the thing that always pops up in my head is like oh would you be a pirate it's like in pirate times like no i'd probably just try to be a musician i'm a musician
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah
1: like I would, I would be doing the same thing i'm doing now like i would if, be a musician
2: I, pirate <laughs> i love that
1: you, you've ruined the statistic now because it used to be that we could be like well so-and-so percent was non, and so-and-so percent was a pirate, and now now we have, and 1%, and, and a 0.8% was mermaid. fucking mermaid.
2: <laughs> I love that so much. I will claim that 0.8% with my whole heart.
0: Yeah. No, I, no further questions, honestly. I <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but further awesome. questions. <laughs> further questions. Uh, different questions. Uh, do you
2: have any tattoos? I don't have any tattoos. Uh, if I could get one, though... It would be a cross on my thumb. I've been It's so funny. My mom, I told her that I wanted a tattoo. And she was like, okay, well, draw it on yourself for a year Mm -hmm. and see if you still like it. So every day I would draw like a cross on my thumb with a Sharpie. And I did it for like a year. And then I just stopped. And I still want it, but I'm kind of a limp. So
3: I'll
1: do it.
2: How about you guys? Dang it. Sorry. I I keep doing that. I keep forgetting it's a podcast and I'm being interviewed, which is a good thing. It feels like a good conversation. I think so I, I, like I haven't that.
1: been able to like I haven't been able to commit to any of it just because I'm, a you know, I, I know myself.
0: Yeah, like I, I had I had at one point I wanted to get a map of Rome, like, like abstracted with like different little dots on like all the places that are important to me. But that's another one that kind of I think in a similar way of just like, eh, I don't actually know if I want that. I thought about getting a lantern from Venice. There's these lampposts that I really like. Mm. Um, it's just a really cool shape. Reason I've been thinking about maybe getting a cardinal. So like you know like I I have a project called Music for Birds and mm. that was the first song I wrote for it and like a, that could be cool to get like a cool like pretty like th- I've actually I think I've entered into like it used to be like if I, if I have to get a tattoo it has to be super duper meaningful but now I'm just like maybe I just want like a pretty tattoo mm. you know like maybe I just want something that looks cool like a piece of art on my body I've actually started to enter into that phase and now it's just like eh that probably cost like four hundred dollars there are better things to do with 400 right now <laughs> sure. but like the, the the mental game of like oh maybe i want a tattoo has has recently shifted into like oh maybe i'll just get something cool yeah i'm
1: like 400 dollars plus the additional couple hundred dollars of like talking to my therapist about like why it wasn't quite right yeah <laughs> no, exactly mm.
2: yeah that's hard i do think it's cool though when there is like a story behind it or yeah you know a meaning. meaning so we asked the it. question yeah I, a lot of people i know have tattoos just because they were cheap and they were cool, and yeah. and I that's, that's the type fun. of person.
1: That's the type of person who might be a mermaid. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta respect the hustle of that.
2: They can join my mermaid club.
1: <laughs> wow, see that she really is an entrepreneur. She's not just a mermaid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not just not, not just an answer anymore. It's a fucking club. <laughs> it's a community.
2: <laughs> it's all inclusive.
0: That's so fun. Um, all right, what was the first concert you ever attended?
2: It was for this band called forking and Country. I went with my boyfriend at the time, in high school. No, that wasn't my first one. That's my second. You would do, lie to us do on do our like, own podcast? Do, um, do those um, like group, like festival things count? Like those like, uh, I think it was, I, I Heart something. Oh. I Heart Radio, one of those shows. It had like Five Sauce and a bunch of people. I don't remember. That's
3: one fine. of those,
2: th- that was one of them. My favorite though, my I think the coolest one that I've been to was Elton John. On his farewell nice. tour. My, my aunt took me and that was really fun.
0: That's very cool. That's yeah. cool. Can you recommend our listeners a movie, a book
1: and a TV show?
2: A book comes to mind quickest. Uh it's this one called The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. Oh yeah, we had to
1: read it at school. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I dropped out of college, so I didn't I didn't get <laughs> book uh, requirements like that, but I really liked it. I think um I'm curious how you guys received the book as students instead of just like getting it, you know? Like I'm curious how that was for you but for me i really enjoyed it and it kind of opened my mind up to different things creatively yeah that's the book i would recommend
1: i, I recognize the importance of the book um i always have a, a hard time with prescriptive stuff like i think yeah, exercises are super important i just have never been that kind of person mm-hmm. so that so it, it, the book didn't really work for me but i understand the person who it would work
3: for
2: right uh-huh. Yeah, it took me much longer than 12 weeks to finish the book because I would never do the the tasks, but I always loved like the commentaries she would have and like the advice and the things. like That's what I actually put to use more mm-hmm. than the tasks or the whatever. I still do the morning pages every day that has like, become part of my rhythm, but uh, yeah, I really like that book. And then her following books are great too. I think New Girl is hilarious. So Maybe I'd say New Girl for a TV show. That's great. Or friends. I like those kind of shows. Yeah. They're just like mindless, but also quite funny. I'm stumped on movie. Not a big movie watcher. My favorite movie, though, all time is Jumanji. Ooh. Uh, the original with Robin Williams. That's fun. So good. So maybe that one. Yeah, that's know. great. If, yeah. You
0: if you haven't seen that, yeah. Yeah, definitely check
1: movie. it out. Crazy twist is that um, The Rock actually shows up in the original. Uh, <laughs> oh it's, a bl- it's a blink and you miss it cameo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Imagine, though. like They so made cool. a new version but to- edited
1: It's it's actually identical to the old version. You just have one scene where Dwayne the Rock Johnson is like, huh, it'd be fun to be in Jumanji one day. (laughs) All right. uh, Do you have a scar with a story?
2: A scar with a story.
0: Or are you unscathed? Are you unscathed?
2: No, I, I I have scars, but I don't... Like, I have ones in my hands, but they're not like, this was from the time that my finger got cut off. You know what I mean? It wasn't like... I mean I don't like big stories. stories, like that. stories I do everything. have I do have a scar on my back. It is I had like okay, this is maybe this is TMI. I had a mole on my back and it would bleed every time I would shower. It was just really not healthy. And so my mom was like, We need to get this checked out. So then I went to the doctor and they were like, Let's remove it. And so then my mom was like, Okay. I was twelve. And then the doctor removed it and then it came back as like a keloid. It's like scar tissue. And then removed it again and then it came back bigger. And now I have like this weird looking keloid thing on my back. Wow. So that's fun. My dermatologist, I don't even remember who it was, but yeah, that was frustrating.
0: All right. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? Very moment, right now. Three
2: thoughts. Three. uh, oh, I don't like these kind of qu- Um, I'm probably going to go to the gym tonight. I have leftover pasta in my fridge. And three. That, that's kind of, that's what I was thinking about. It's so funny because it's kind of... Not present. So I apologize for my thoughts being like, oh, what am I doing No, but that,
0: that is always the, the question um, on earth. On earth, like, where is your mind? What are the little, like, what's the stuff on the queue for your brain? Yeah.
2: Also, I'm, I'm kind of a fidgeter sometimes, too. Like, whenever I'm with my friends, uh, we're at a restaurant or something, I will probably drink, like, three or four glasses of water just because I don't know what else to do with my hands. So, like, I'll be constantly, like, grabbing my water and sipping it and then putting it down or, like, crossing my legs, uncrossing my legs, leaning one way or the other. So yeah. And sometimes I think about that. I'm like, Oh, am I comfortable? Mm. Should I, should I, especially around new people? I'm I'm the same,
1: same way. Uh, except like, like, uh, we were having brunch like two weeks ago and, uh, one of my friends got a video of me just like swirling the water in my, (laughs) with my straw Uh to make a cyclone. (laughs) Like that's super normal. (laughs) I'm 25. Like that's super normal behavior. But, um, the podcast has actually helped a lot with some of my fidgeting because I am the one who has to edit it. So mm-hmm. if I'm moving around to the point where it makes like a lot of sound, I'm the one who has to deal with that ultimately. So it's kind of taught me to like focus on a point. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I've been keeping eye contact with you and like, I'll, you know, I'll let my hands, at my entire body, you see it as crossed. <laughs> like I've just been, you know, it's kind of just like, you know, the, the locus of all come. I'm mm-hmm. just built different guys.
2: Right. All right. <laughs> Full circle, there it is again. I apologize for my fidgeting. If you can hear it.
0: and lastly what are you looking forward to
2: so much does that count as an answer yeah yeah Uh, i'm looking forward to a lot i have i think i've grown a lot in this last here's my long answer i think i've grown a lot in the last year i've lived by myself in my little trailer and it's been interesting kind of seeing loneliness from a different perspective of maybe not so much loneliness, but solitude and being okay with it and growing in it and growing from it. I had never moved out before. Like that was my first time ever living on my own in a sense, like away from my family. Um, And then also truly on my own, no roommates, nothing else like that. And you built
1: your space in a sense too. I renovated it, yeah. yeah. So it was
2: our family's trailer. We went camping in it a lot growing up and my parents wanted to get a new one. So then I was like, oh, I'll renovate it and make it my own and live in it. Yeah, so I'm just excited, and it's so cool because I am able to travel if I want to and like do other things. Like I, I can move out of that if I want to. Like there's, I think there's a lot of possibilities of what the future holds, and I'm excited for new music. I have a song coming out next month, so I'm stoked about that. What's it and called? It's called Whiplash, and it's about the indecisiveness of dating, and especially in today's culture. But.
1: I miss the old days when you used to circle around a fire, uh, tinder if you will, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we would all meet up oh, at the at it. the Bumblebee hive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so good. Is there one for hinge? Do you have an
1: It's just a door. <laughs> we all <laughs> it's just a door. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh gosh. Um yeah, but I'm excited and I think next year is going to be one of a lot of music too and just meeting new people and getting to collaborate. Frickin' love collaborations. So Yeah.
1: In that spirit, Alexa, it is so nice to finally meet you and I'm looking forward to collaborating. So, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it.
1: We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode
0: of Talking Lion. We would like to thank New Wave, The Truffalist, and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion.
1: If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.